Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It takes a little while to, to, to process uh, when you play games like that. That was not your run of a mill, you know, run of the mill um, effort or game or, and no matter which way you want to talk about, it, there's a lot to talk about. And um, some of it was. Uh, not so good. Some of it was exceptional. Um, I think the general, um, you know, emotion swings were, I mean, they were big and there were, there were several of them. Another way to put it is the Twins are the first team to out-homer their opponent by seven home runs in a game and lose in the 150-year history of baseball. We will talk about tomorrow's trade deadline, the latest on Barrios and Buxton it is Reckless Speculation Thursday, boys and girls. Reckless Speculation. And that means we bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Scoop Podcast from 5 Eyewitness News. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, boys. Judd Declan as well. Where do we even start? This oh, week has been so great. Mm-hmm. I think I know where we're going to start, but I mean, you could just, it's, this is fantastic. Let's Enjoy, l- enjoy the, this too, because again, this is going to be the only year in which we have the convergence of Reckless Speculation almost like a shooting star at our fingertips. Across all sports. Let's start with Timberwolves, please, because Doogie off mic was telling us uh, a couple of... As we're sitting here, Ricky Rubio had dropped like 26 points in three quarters for the Spanish national team in the Olympics. So he's doing his best Kevin Durant impression uh, with trade rumors swirling. But, Dukes, there's a million things to get to. Let's start with what do you know about the Timberwolves and their trade discussions leading up to the draft tonight and then the free agency period next week? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Let's continue the Rubio dialogue. He was brilliant. He's oftentimes brilliant when playing for the Spanish national team. He was brilliant today. Spain beat Argentina. He had 26 points. He's been solid, even going back to their exhibition games a couple weeks ago. Now in Tokyo, he looks to be in phenomenal shape. There's a lot to like about Ricky Rubio when he's in really good shape. Keep in mind, coming off a battle with COVID, uh, the atypical nature of last year heading into that abbreviated training camp, Rubio wasn't in shape. I don't think he ever was in max shape throughout the season, but he certainly was in better shape middle of the year compared to where he was like those first 20 to 30 games. But he looks really, really good right now. Expiring contract. So there is a lot of interest in Ricky Rubio, maybe more so because 
of the cap flexibility in expiring contract offers. I can tell you. Now, I'm sure there are more teams than this doing due diligence on Ricky, but I can tell you for a fact, the L.A. Lakers, the L.A. Clippers, and Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics have done their homework Hmm. on Ricky Rubio. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Reckless speculation. So with the NBA draft um, tonight, as we record this on Thursday, Dukes, and then free agency right around the corner, where are you hearing things uh, will lead? Obviously, as of right now, the Wolves don't have a draft pick, but there is going to be a very juicy beginning, I guess they'll call it the start of the NBA league year. Where are we thinking things are going? Well, I mean, I still think there's a better chance, Judd, that they execute some sort of trade versus signing a free agent like Doug McDermott or Phil, your guy, George Niang. Uh, that's one of your guys. <laughs> guy. Yeah, from Iowa I did, State. I did get him on the – I got him on the random – it was supposed to be a Minnesota sports, like get everyone on – how many people can you get on a Zoom? It was like Joe Maurer, Lindsey Whalen, Ryan Saunders, like all these, you know, Matthew Hatchett, and then George – George Nyang was just <laughs> just like randomly shows up. That's awesome. It was brilliant. Oh, it was hilarious. so good. But he is attainable. I can't remember if he's restricted or unrestricted, but Utah is up against it. Utah is trying to do some different things. So anyway, I'm told Nyang is a free agent on the Wolves' radar, but the issue the Wolves have is they're just a few million below the luxury tax line. Glenn Taylor is not going back into luxury tax territory he was there a couple of years ago after the Russell trade. You don't go back into that unless you're like a conference final type team. So Glenn Taylor's not approving them going into the luxury tax again. So unless they create cap space, that's where maybe a Jarrett Culver trade comes into play. If some team wants to take on Culver, the Wolves can get back a second round pick. Yeah, maybe that creates a path to signing a free agent. But if that doesn't happen, then we're looking at a trade. I mean, I had a 30-minute conversation with Gerson, Gerson Rosas, who runs the Wolves on on Monday. He doubled or tripled down on on that idea. He's been talking about it for months. I actually will feel bad if he doesn't execute a reasonably sized trade because I think the fan expectation at this point is Rosas and Glenn Taylor have talked for so long here since the season ended about, hey, uh, the trade avenue is is the path for us to really improve this roster like it's now on Gerson to execute. Because yeah. I'll remind people, 98% of trades that are talked about actually never happen. But it's on Gerson to find a way to make a trade happen. Is that Laurie Markkinen, restricted free agent for the Chicago Bulls? He 100% is on the Wolves' radar. I don't see Atlanta moving John Collins. I'm told the guy that the Wolves had interest in last year, Larry Nance Jr. of Cleveland, I'm told the Wolves, at least as of now, as we sit here at 10:15 Central on Thursday morning, I'm told the Wolves have not engaged the Cavs in trade talks, but it looks like Cleveland tonight could land big man Evan Mobley from USC. So at that point, would they look at maybe shopping Nance? They have Jared Allen. You then have Mobley. You have Kevin Love. Maybe they end up trading Love, not Nance Jr. I know J.B. Bickerstaff, the former gopher, the Cavs head coach, Loves Nance Jr., but you have Derek Jones Jr. in Portland, another free agent the Wolves were in on last year. You have Jermichael Green opting out of his player option with the Denver Nuggets. The Wolves had interest in him last year. You know, could there be some sort of sign in trade? Endless possibilities. Kyle Kuzma's name clearly has come up. 
Uh, the Indianapolis uh, Star on Wednesday offered up uh, that, that he's been he's been offered to the Wolves. He doesn't do a whole lot for me. I don't sense he does a whole lot for the Wolves. Like if you're giving up the trade chip of Ricky Rubio, is really your end game to land Kyle Kuzma? No, I just I have a hard time believing that. No, I'm trying to think of like so. Um, your you you have it ironclad that the Lakers reached out on Rubio, and I'm trying to think. Well, what would that what would that be? Is, is, is that is that a Rubio for Kuzma swap? I, that doesn't. There's got to be other ways to use that Rubio trade chip. Real quick, um, Kevin O'Connor. I'm going to say friend of the show, Kevin O'Connor, friend of the show. KLC. He came on. Yeah, he's a good dude. Time. Yeah, real yeah. good dude. KLC. And, and uh, yeah, Kevin O'Timberwolves. And he said on his mismatch podcast, part of the, the Ringer NBA show, that the Sixers asked the Spurs for four future first-round picks, three pick swaps, and a young player for Ben Simmons. And there's other reports that, that – uh, Daryl Morey, GM of the Sixers, wants a James Harden-like return. And James Harden, the Rockets got four first-round picks and four pick swaps. Uh, not in, they didn't. They didn't. I don't think they had to deal a young player. But that's I don't know, man. That's a. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is a lot better than sort of the damaged goods perception of him right now. But that's that's the type of value that he might have commanded a year ago when he was still viewed as this on-the-rise young player. Are you hearing anything at all on the Ben Simmons front as it relates to the Timberwolves, Doogie? Well, I mean, I continue to hear, Phil, that the Wolves are an incredible long shot. That, sure, the Wolves would love to acquire Ben Simmons, but they're just there isn't a realistic path, certainly in Minnesota dealing one-on-one with Philadelphia. So then it gets complicated, involving a third team, yeah. potentially a fourth team. You know, we've brought up the idea of the Toronto Raptors. Well, guess what? The Raptors have interest in Ben Simmons. Is there a pathway for Toronto in a signing trade to send Lowry, some other pieces, to Philly, and the Raptors end up with Ben Simmons? So there's no reason for the Raptors to help out the Wolves in obtaining Ben Simmons. But Gerson's going to continue to try. I mean, he's diligent. You know, I mean, he's going to be aggressive. But I just I don't see the realistic path. I'll also say this much, Phil. I'm positive that Daryl Morey at some point is going to back off if if Kevin's report is accurate, Kevin is rock solid. I, I love the guy, you know, so I will trust Kevin on that. I think Daryl eventually comes down in asking price. You start incredibly high. It's a negotiation. He'll come off that. I also can't help but wonder if at some point, it won't be tonight, but if at some point, because I've been saying, Judd, I, I think I said with you a few weeks ago that I thought, you know, right around the draft here, like tonight, I could absolutely see a Ben Simmons trade, but it looks like this thing is now going to be pushed beyond tonight I just I wonder if at some point Philadelphia and Portland come together where Ben Simmons Tyrese Maxey Matthias Steibel a couple picks end up in Portland and Damian Lillard ends up in Philadelphia I can't help but wonder if that's the eventual end game here maybe that's four months from now speculation maybe it's in January maybe it's at the trade deadline but I just I can't help but wonder if Philadelphia and Portland end up connecting on a trade. Whew, that'd be juicy. All and right, if it's man. not Lillard, then maybe it's McCollum. I just I happen to think Philadelphia and Portland match up pretty darn well in a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. All right. Baseball trade deadline, 3 p.m. Central time tomorrow. A lot of trades are going down right now. A lot of needs are being filled by teams. And meanwhile, Derek Falvey sits back and surveys the scene and hopefully makes some trades. Uh, where do we stand? And, and I'm going to assume, unless you tell me otherwise, Dukes, 
that Byron Buxton's not being moved. So I'm not going to ask about that because if if that's going to happen and that's still an if, I think it's going to be the wintertime. So most importantly, where do we stand with the Jose Barrios talks? Um, because it does sound like he's definitely now slotted in behind Scherzer as far as if there's an available pitcher list, it's probably Scherzer one, uh, Barrios two, and then just as far as the rest of the moves that might come down by 3 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, and I'll get to Brios in a second, but even in the last 10 minutes as we've been talking, there's another trade. It's an interesting one, not a blockbuster, but it's an interesting one with the Indians and the White Sox combining with with Cesar Hernandez, the infielder, ending up with with the White Sox. The White Sox needing some second base help. So anytime two teams, same division, end up connecting, to me it's pretty interesting. Oh, real real, real quick, just to add to this, John Heyman just reported right now uh, Dodgers and Padres both in on Scherzer and Barrios. So that's now we have a, we have another baseball insider linking Dodgers and Padres to Barrios. So continue. Well, I think those two teams have been out there for for a while. I mean, it's Dodgers, Padres, Mets to some extent, Phillies, Blue Jays. I've been telling you the Red Sox. Now, do I think the Red Sox are trading for Jose Barrios by tomorrow at three o'clock? No, but I can tell you the Red Sox have have fans in their front office of Jose Barrio. So they at least have some level of interest. Heck, I don't think you can ever dismiss the Yankees from any transaction, even though they're up against it luxury tax-wise. The Giants are fascinating. What are they going to do? But all the teams I mentioned 100% have talked to the Twins. We have a report from John Morrissey this morning linking the Seattle Mariners to Jose Barrios. Now, if I had to bet, do I think Barrios is going to Seattle? Probably not. I will tell you this much, because, Judd, I told you on Tuesday when you and I did did our thing that I have a bet with somebody close to Jose, that the bet is if if Jose doesn't get traded, uh, beer's on this guy. If, if Jose gets traded, beer's on me next time he's in town. I'll also add this, though. I'm led to believe that Jose is, is prepping himself and has been prepping himself that he's going somewhere, yeah. that, that Jose – is going to get moved, that the Twins realize now is the time to maximize any sort of return on Jose, even with aspirations to compete in 2022. You know, maybe you create some some salary flexibility. I haven't taken a long look at, at potential free agents, but maybe the Twins feel like there's a good free agent or two that they can target. Maybe there's a different starting pitcher that they feel like they can target in a trade in the winter. But I'm just telling you, bottom line, I am strongly led to believe that Jose Barrios has been prepping himself that he is going somewhere by three o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, this is all this is all a supply and demand game. And I think you gotta be careful not to overplay your hand. I mean, there is a deadline, and so you know, you're there's going to be teams still looking for pitching up until the deadline. It's not like a Bill Smith, you know, Johan situation where those teams just got sick of waiting around during an offseason with no deadline. Um, but when you've got the Dodgers, let's just say it's Dodgers, Padres, and maybe some combination of Phillies, Mets, Mariners on sort of the outside of the peripheral. Um, I honestly don't think you should, like if you can get someone's top prospect or a top three organizational prospect for Jose Barrios, I think you pull the trigger. Like, I, I don't think you should get too cute with the negotiation here, especially if you sense that he wants to hit free agency. If he hits free agency, there's no way you're signing him. So he's left you no choice. So don't get cute in the next 24 hours, I guess, is what I'm saying, Dukes. And he has a strong desire. His camp has a strong desire to get to unrestricted free agency. That even though there's a lot of good pitchers that will be free agents winter of 2022, Jose Barrios 
maybe it's Aaron Nola as well, but Brios is about the youngest guy. So even though there's a bunch of, of talented guys, they're all in their 30s. Brios, 27 years old, will just have turned, what, 28? Scooby. On Jose Barrios, dude. He, he wants Scooby. two pitching props. He yeah, wants two he's pitching props. Big Barrios fan. Right? His name he's is now it's actually now Scoopy. Scoopy, absolutely. Scoopy's got some yeah. juice. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think Jose's going somewhere. I, I've actually changed my tune on that, so I think I'm going to lose this bet. That's fine. It's an excuse to catch up with somebody in the industry that I haven't seen in a while. So I think I'm going to end up ultimately owing this individual some beers, but. I'm just telling you, like, I even wonder, does it even make sense for Barrios to hop on the airplane later today for St. Louis, right? With this off day, they'll fly to St. Louis later today. Why even have him hop on the airplane if something is close? Maybe keep him back here in the Twin Cities. So I'll I'll monitor that later today. And if he's on the plane, that's fine. It's not like St. Louis is far, and he can get to the airport in St. Louis and fly to his new destination. I would not dismiss the Blue Jays. I'm just telling you, the Blue Jays, Really do like Barrios, but yeah, Phil, if I had to bet, I have a feeling the Dodgers and Padres having interest, those two rivals pitted against each other, that I wonder if one of those two caves enough and just makes the Twins that offer that they can't refuse. And if one gets Scherzer, you have to think that that would trigger a secondary reaction for, for the team that doesn't get Max to try and get Barrios. The interesting thing is, the Dodgers now, because of injuries and Trevor Bauer's off-the-field predicament, need pitching. So so both those teams are in a position where I could see them making legitimate, really good offers. I don't think the Giants – like the Giants are weird because they're good, but I don't know that, that they're going to involve themselves yet. But I think the Padres, Dodgers – and the other – the Scherzer wild card here is – I've read some reports that he does not want to go and pitch for the Mets or Yankees. So that would open up yeah, a whole he wants, world. Of, he wants to go west. Yeah. yeah. So that that would open up the possibility that Barrios really is option A and B for if I don't think the Yankees are going to trade for him, but I do think that the Mets might. Well, the Mets are going to have to go up then on on what they've been so far talking with the Twins about. Uh, it's not a match right this second, so the Mets are going to have to budge a little bit. I don't think the Twins are going to budge and say, "Yeah, New York, what you're offering, we'll take that." Uh, San Diego's going to do something, right? Like, that front office is uber-aggressive, more yep. aggressive than any other front office in the game. So San Diego's going to do something. The question is, is it Scherzer? Is it Barrios? Heck, is it Pineda? They have scouted Michael Pineda. But I do think San Diego is going to do something. So then how do the Dodgers react? Clayton Kershaw currently hurt, not a long-term injury, but he's hurt. Dustin May is out for the year. Yeah, By the way, I, I would be interested in a one-on-one. I would trade Barrios. For Dustin May, if the medicals came back, he's coming off what Tommy John. But if you could do a one for one, Barrios for Dustin May, yes, that would be a trade that would be incredibly appealing to me if I were I Levine and Falvey. I agree, um, Dukes. Let's go rapid fire scoops here. I thought Brian, I thought Brian O'Neill would have a contract extension by the beginning of camp, but it appears he doesn't. So, what, what do you know on Brian O'Neill? What are some other scoops in the bag to wrap here? Well, certainly talks ongoing. I mean, I still think it's when, not if. I just can't tell you the exact date. Yeah, oftentimes the Vikings going back under this regime, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years, they have gotten deals done on the eve of training camp or the first day of training camp, have announced them. I and I recall you know, being down in Mankato, them announcing some extension. So they've done it before. It's going to happen. I'm positive it's going to happen. There's been enough good chatter that, that I think it happens. It's just it's a matter of, of when does it happen. 
Braden Smith just got paid by the Colts. Ramchek got paid by the Saints. Moten got paid by the Panthers. Uh, there's enough smart people that say, if you look at the Braden Smith money, and Judd, you might have the exact money in front of you, that, that Brian O'Neill's not going to quite approach that money. He'll slot in below Braden Smith, but now we have kind of a maybe a better baseline on on what the Vikings are willing to pay and, and what O'Neill will accept in terms of an extension. Yeah, Dukes, it, it's four years at at least $17 million per season. It's a $70 million contract in new money. So he got paid pretty well. But, I mean, right tackles, the market's changed now. It used to be, yeah, we'll pay the right tackle, but the left tackle's going to basically clean up. Uh, left tackle's still incredibly valuable, but I think right tackle now is at least caught up a little bit. Yeah, and so I think we're looking at like somewhere in the fourteen to sixteen million dollar a year range, maybe a meet in the middle at fifteen, fifteen two, fifteen four, fifteen six. But I'm just telling you, like I haven't been told anything that leads me to believe an extension won't happen. So you know, heck, do they announce it the weekend of the opener? You know, do they announce it on you know Friday, September tenth, or Saturday, September eleventh, heading into that September twelfth opener? I can't tell you the exact date, but I, I do. I continue to feel confident that the Vikings will extend Brian O'Neill. Reckless speculation. Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News. Inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Good stuff, Dukes. Absolutely. Take it easy, boys. Judd, I'm happy that my guy Suter got a four year deal. He's going to end up making more money in the long run. He had options, right? So you can badmouth them all you want, uncoachable. I get all that, but. He had multiple teams that really, really wanted him, so I'm happy he's off to Dallas. It's unfortunate that he's got to uproot the family, but that's a pretty good four-year deal for Suter, and unfortunate that the Wilds waited so long on Nick Felino, thinking they were going to land Felino. They thought, heck, at one point I was told they thought it was just about a done deal, and then Felino gets two years from the Boston Bruins. So, mm-hmm. hey, you win some, you lose more in free agency, but the Wilds clearly <laughs> lost Nick Felino yesterday. Yeah. All right, Doogie. Awesome, Doogie. Say, bye, say bye to Scoopy for bye. us. Yeah, bye, bye, Scoopy. Who's a good who's a, Scoopy? Who's, a good Scoopy? <laughs> who's got the scoops? Okay, right, let's, see you, boys. All right, bye. let's Doogie from the Scoop Podcast. And Reckless speculation. His co-host. We'll get to we'll get to wild discussion too here on the show today. But um, <laughs> the the Dustin May idea mm-hmm. in a Jose Barrios trade seems to make a lot of sense. Um. He was so he made five starts this year. It's Tommy John for him, right? Yep. So yep. he went so. Tommy John. Yep. So he's not he'll he'll be back maybe by like April, May of next year. But he was one of the best young pitchers in baseball in 2020, was part of the Dodgers postseason mix. And he's only 23, 24 years old, former third round pick. And you know, if the I I could see the Dodgers saying, all right, well, like We'll we'll just go we'll just go find another Dustin May or we can throw thirty million dollars a year at a pitcher in free agency. Like he doesn't help us at all this year because he's under the knife. So you could you could probably buy low, so to speak, on one of the bright young pitching stars in all of baseball. So I might put him number one on my realistic options list for what you could get for Jose Barrios. I don't know what you guys think. I like it. Yeah. If if you can get if you can get that trade and because he's out, maybe a lower level type prospect who's not just a complete washout, I'd probably make that deal. Um, as Duke said, the one key thing is the medicals have to be clear. But you know what? It's Tommy John. Like I, I was talking about how next next scare me and next surgeries, you know, because you don't know. 
Tommy John, I think you pretty much know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's not a, oh my God, he might never yeah. come back now. I'll, everybody basically has it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think if you're the twins, now I guess my one question back to you though, is do you think as solid as that idea seems, do you think this current twins administration makes that trade or to use your term, Phil, do they get cute? And do they try and make a deal where they're getting prospects, top prospects, because they think that that's what they can cultivate? I'm not saying that's a good idea. I'm saying, do you think that they would think that way? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Here's one more thing to add real quick. John Heyman, another tweet. He says, Scherzer versus Barrios is an interesting choice. Scherzer is an all-time great, but he's a free agent at the end of the year. He's almost certainly going to get traded. Barrios is a number one for most teams, but not the Dodgers or the Padres. He does have a year of team control left after this year, and he might be traded. So it's kind of being framed by the national insiders as these are the two guys on the market. Obviously, Scherzer is better, but Barrios could could slot in as like a number two, three starter on a, in a playoff rotation for a World Series contender. Absolutely. Um, I, I I just feel like this would be a huge missed opportunity to max his value if there's no path to an extension. If you've deemed that there's he's going to hit free agency in a year and a half, Trade him. Don't so, get cute. Trade him in the next 24 hours. So look at the difference in the past week um, between the comments that we read from Brios in the Star Tribune. And then I think Buxton talked to a bunch of reporters on the field after he did some rehab work a couple of days ago. And while I don't buy, like, I think Buxton's putting a happy face on his comments. I don't know how much he truly loves the Twins. I think he likes his teammates a lot. But I don't know how much he loves the organization. You know, Buxton's comments were all very much, I was drafted here, I want to stay. Like, he said all of the right things. And that's at least a starting point. Go back to what Barrios told the Star Tribune a couple weeks ago. He basically said, if they can sign me, they can, but I'm really looking forward to this, which, by the way, is completely is right. This does not make him a bad guy. I'm I'm just saying, if that's what you're saying now, a year plus out from being able to hit the open market, you're going to hit the open market. Yep. Like with Buxton, I could see a path where it's all forgiven, and yes, they have to pay him. Uh, I think Barrios is intent on becoming a free agent. Actually, what Barrios is doing is actually helpful for the Twins. Yes. What what Buxton's doing might not be, because Buxton's doing the all, I really want to be here. Yep. <laughs> we'll see if it works. It's like, and the, and the Twins are lowballing him relative to what he can get on the market, but the Twins are like, okay, we'll go from 70 to 80 million. He's like, I really want to be here, but... Mm. It's well, like okay, well, what what is the number where you like where you want to be here for what number, right? Yeah. And and what's realistic? Brios is saying, I don't really know if I want to be here, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go flirt with some other uh, potential teams here in about a year and a half. So prepare however you guys need to prepare. If you need to trade me, go ahead. It's actually good that he's telling the twins this. Brios's camp too is very smart because he is probably going to get paid huge once and. I think he's doing exactly what he's seen the rest of the corporate world in baseball do. It's a business. Like you're not a you're not a Minnesota Twin. You're a major league baseball pitcher who has value and go out and get paid. And and if the Twins are going to pay you, that's great. But I mean, in his mind, Twins, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Padres, who cares? Yeah. Here's my so here's my question though. So Brios is the great guy to talk about like he's the he's the big fish in the pond who could be traded by 3 p.m. tomorrow. What's going on with the rest of these guys that they need to move? 
like guys are being moved right now, and we're, we're recording this at ten thirty-five Central Time. Yeah, just just on trade Thursday. Pineda. But I, but I mean, what are they doing? Like, I pick up the sports page today, old school <laughs> sports page. I go down to the store and That's buy good. my sports page. It's good. It's good. And and I'm reading through, you know, this list of transactions of guys, and you know, it's just normal stuff, right? Bad teams trading decent players for for returns that are okay, not great. And meanwhile, at Target Field, you're like holding Anderton Simmons hostage. Oh, we can't trade him yet. I, I mean, are there are there teams that need Anderton Simmons though? Like, I feel like he'd be a, just a backup infielder for most no, I'm just contending saying, teams, right? So. But I mean, Pineda, I, I take your pick of the name. They just have a bunch of guys that they need to trade. I don't think I don't think anyone. You'd have to pay a team to take Jay Happ at this point. Oh, right, but Pineda. Simmons can play defense, okay? So, like, someone will take him, and you're not going to get much. Just move him today, though. Move him yesterday. Yeah, maybe they're maybe they're just solely focused on getting a top prospect for Barrios. But it is a little bit weird that there haven't well, can been I, more transactions you know than what? just Nelson Cruz. I'll volunteer my services. Go down there today, and I will orchestrate wow. the trades of the slappies. I'm sure that you know. Listen, you might want to check your voicemail, Judd. I'm sure they've been trying to get a hold of you here during this reckless check speculation over. Thursday. Um, which, by the way, is presented by our friends at Federated. There's nothing reckless about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Mm-hmm. They are very buttoned up. They will help your business maximize its success, minimize risk and damage. That's what they've been doing for over 100 years. Um, they've also been, since 2005, been very heavy into helping raise money for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Over $41 million raised through the Federated Challenge, thanks in part to partners like Sit Investment Associates, the Timberwolves and the Lynx, Holborn Corporation. Find out more about the great mentoring work that Big Brothers Big Sisters does at bigbrothersbigsisters.org. Um, all right, boys. So I know you guys are probably going to unleash a Judd's Hockey Show at some point here in the coming days. I'd like a little preview of that because it felt to me, and we can play a clip here from Billy Garen that I believe Declan has, but it felt to me like there was a ton of buildup to yesterday and the free agency opening in the NHL. And, all right, well, we're definitely going to retain Ian Cole, and Felino is going to be a no-brainer. It was like there was a lot of assumptions, I feel like, that fell through yesterday and some disappointed fans. But let's hear from Billy Guerin and then get your guys' reaction. Alex Galagoski was, you know, the, the primary target for us on, on defense, and we got him. We we're extremely happy. It's, you know what, the... the there's great flexibility in, in his contract for for us and for him. Um, I think he's excited to be playing at home. Um, Freddie Goudreau is a guy that that um, we we uh, we identified that that would be a good fit for us. He can play wing. He can play center. He was playing, you know, up the lineup in Pittsburgh last year. Dean has familiarity with him, um, things like that. And then we got some uh, some good depth guys too as well. And, and, and those things are all important. It all it all takes time. Mm. Okay. Reckless speculation. So as part of reckless speculation here on Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, there's also sort of the autopsy of when reckless speculation falls flat. And it kind of felt like that Galagoski seems like a great one-year deal to help replace suits. But one to ten scale, one being colossal disappointment, ten being wow, they hit it out of the park yesterday. Where do you land on the first day of wild free agency? I landed a very even four. Um, here's the problem: free agency is seductive, 
it's basically going to a bar and having seven beers and then the gal across the bar starts to flirt with you and you're like, does this "This happen frequently to you at Bunny's when Don's out of town? No, I'm a married man. Okay. So I'm trying to paint a picture. Uh, Don's visiting family in Iowa. I'm going to go belly up, drink nine beers. At at Bunny's, I'm going to tell you right now, the amount of women that just sit around the bar and watch sports on the big screen. Just waiting for Judd's little get to walk in. Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you the amount of women that, you know, they sit on that bar. Oh my God, that's a six summit EPA. Can, can, oh, you, so can you get the Penguins game on? Can you get the Penguins Devils on? Is that no. Judd Zolged from Judd's Hockey Show? Oh, my God. I want to watch the, the Canadians against the Avalanche. Anyway, <laughs> it's a seductive process. But the problem, too, and you know what? Garen said this yesterday, and I remember the day that Vanek signed. The day that Vanek signed, the Wild had intentions of signing, like, three guys or something. And they didn't. And Chuck Fletcher that day said the same exact thing, which is the prices are out of control. I can't believe the prices. Like every time it's like it catches these GMs by surprise. T- Terry what, Ryan used to do that. Too. What's going like, on with these prices? Can you believe it costs $15 to go to a movie these days? Yeah. Yes. I can. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. And like this, but like the other thing is in sports, no matter what your cap is, there's always going to be teams that spend recklessly. So I'm giving it a four because it's not like, I wanted to see the wild go in and go hog wild. No pun intended. Nick Foligno is a disappointment that they didn't get him. But here's the thing about that. And I, I think Dex and I talked about this during our live show yesterday. The wild drew a price point on him, which he was worth. Uh, Boston came in at more and the wild was like, okay, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't blame them. Now, is, is there concern about the depth? at center and the lack of activity there absolutely okay but the wilds game plan going into yesterday was to try to get um two forwards and three defensemen they signed galagoski to a one-year five million dollar contract they signed dmitry kulikov to a two-year 4.5 million dollar contract they signed a third or fourth line probably fourth line center in the guy that uh garen was talking about there as well frederick rudeau to a two-year contract so they filled in some pieces. They still need a center who they could actually probably slot in as their one. I don't think they were going to get it yesterday. So like there's there was this trepidation about, oh my God, they didn't do more. They should have done way more. I don't know that there was a lot more to be done being fiscally responsible. And the buyouts that are going to start to catch up to them for Suter and Parisi, it's going to catch up to them next year, the year after, and unfortunately the year after that make them have to make tough decisions. But it was interesting because Bill Guerin was asked specifically, do you regret the suitor part yet? Because, you know, Parisi was expected. And he's like, not one bit. No, I don't. Which shows you again how bad yeah. he wanted that guy gone. Man. So I'm I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not sure what Dex thinks. I'm not going to get on here and crap on them for not like becoming irresponsible as hell. They need to make some moves still, which they can. Um, but I also think, Yesterday was a day as much about showing restraint as it is about going all in, and I would rather show restraint sometimes. Okay. Dex, one to ten. Six. Uh, oh. I'm at a six. Uh, so you're, you're so six me like ten being you thought they did a great job. Yeah, they did a okay. six. I don't think they could have really done anything more than they were supposed to on free agency. Um would have been nice to have Nick Felino, sure, but I'm not gonna lose sleep over not going up seventy five more K, which I think Boston offered him. Um, you essentially replaced Ryan Suter with Galagoski. You replaced Ian Cole with Dmitry Kulikov. Um, I, I don't hate those signings. I, I think those are fine signings. Maybe you overpaid a little bit for both those guys in the short term. 
but the WoW can't afford to give out long-term contracts right now. They really can't. My biggest question is not really with these free agency signings and dropping, you know, quote-unquote, dropping the ball on the first day. It's more of what is the backup plan here? Like, what's the backup plan if they're indeed out on Jack Eichel? Because I just, I don't think this team can seriously afford to roll on the entry-level contracts. I know that might seem like the right cost-effective way, and it probably is the right cost-effective way to go about it with Boldy and Rossi under extremely cheap contracts for at least two years, and then they'll probably even get a bridge deal after that. But you cannot afford to have Victor Rask as your second-best center. Joel Eriksson-Eck can't just be thrown into the number one role even after a very good year and expect him to be that person. Um, With Kirill Kaprizov's contract negotiation and Fiala's contract negotiations basically being silent, like, I mean, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN reported two days ago, deafening silence on the Kaprizov contract talks. I think if you find this number one center or if you're you're going out there and trying to find a Jack Eichel equivalent or a Thomas Hurdle or a Christian Dvorak, whoever the hell it's going to be, that's only going to make the negotiations for Kaprizov pick up and say, all right, here's your guy. You want to play with Ryan Hartman anymore. You won't have to, you know, play with Victor Rask again. Here's your number one center, Kirill. Let's get you signed. And if it is only a four-year deal, it is what it is. But I want to know what the backup plan is here because they can. They, the window right now is this and next year. It's not four or five years down the road when you have $15 million in dead money. It's right now. And Bill Guerin knows that. So I, I really want to know what the backup plan is. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk. Let's talk the realistic things here too, because I, I think there's some. I think there's some um, late July pie in the sky thought processes around this league that involve the Wild and other teams as well. Let's start with Kaprizov. He's going to get a three, four year contract. It's what he wants. Like the the talks will turn undeafening when Kirill gets what Kirill wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as we want to say, well, he can't sign elsewhere, he's stuck. He's really not stuck. He's not stuck be- because the KHL, as big of a move as we, as or as much as we don't think he would do it, is still a threat. The, so he basically controls when he plays, who he plays for, as far as it could be in Russia or here, uh, and how long he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, to, De- to what Declan said, and I think he's right, the thing about it is if it's a three- or four-year contract, that speeds you up to try to win. But you should be doing that now regardless. And mm-hmm. Bill Guerin says we're a contender right now. But, like, he's not saying that this is five years out. So the reality with Kaprizov is the um, the deafening silence of those talks will get turned up to full volume when Bill Guerin caves in. And I think he's probably going to have to. Now, maybe you get four years. Ideally for Kaprizov, three years. Second part, the Jack Eichel thing. If you think what the Philadelphia 76ers are asking for Ben Simmons from San Antonio is ridiculous, what Buffalo is trying to do, and why I don't believe the Wild is truly out despite the reports that they are, um, the smart teams are basically telling Buffalo, you're crazy. So Buffalo has an asset of a player who, when he's healthy, is a superstar. No question about it. Like, he is a superstar player. I don't know about his personality. I don't care right now in this conversation. But he is he is one of the best players in the league. But he wants to have surgery on his neck. Buffalo is trying to get a package for Jack Eichel that you could get if you took him to market healthy. He's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to mortgage as much as Buffalo wants and then pay the Eichel contract for a guy who, God forbid, takes the wrong hit in a year and can't play. Um, so when Buffalo, when they elect to come to reality 
of the situation of a, they're basically being forced to trade him. Because ideally, as much as they didn't want him to have the surgery, ideally, I think what you do if you're Buffalo, when you really want this return, like let's say you are going to break the bank, I think your better option is keep him, let him have the surgery, let him prove himself, and then have him break, and then and then say he's healthy. But Jack Eichel wants out. Buffalo wants to trade him. So at that point, you have to come to terms with the fact that you are going to get a nice return for him. You are not going to get the return that Buffalo is asking, which is why I don't think that the Wild's out, because I think the Wild would give you a realistic price back. But why would you give that much for a guy who you don't know what his career is going to be like? And he also might not return the same player. But then again, on the flip side, to Declan's point, the way that your salary cap is laid out the next handful of years, and just based on a number of factors, this this window to win has actually come up a little bit quicker than everyone thought because because of the wild the wild advanced their timeline last year by being better than people thought, mm-hmm. and we knew Kaprizov was going to be good, but there were still some questions like how good is he going to be? Oh, he's one of the best players in the NHL, and so all of this has come very quickly a year or two or maybe more quicker than you thought. And so the answer to your question, Judd, is, well, why would you, why would you risk overpaying for a potential you know, damaged hockey player? Because you don't have an alternative. Like, if you want to win a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years, what is your alternative? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Like, you might have to take a risk and cross your fingers and hope that Eichel can be ready for the second half of the season and next year if you want to hoist a Stanley Cup. And what do we say around here on Mackie and Judd? We want titles. We want titles. And you can't Absolutely. you can't you can't always I mean look at look in, in the major league baseball trade deadline, for instance. Well, boy, Max Scherzer's had he's had a couple injuries and stuff, and he only has a year left in his contract. Like, well, you want to win a World Series? Trade for Max Scherzer and cross your fingers. Like, that's kind of the way it works. I get it. Eichel is signed long term, and so if you are wrong, you essentially and he doesn't retire or something, like you are going to have to sit there and eat a ridiculous contract when he might not be the player that he was, but that might be a risk you have to take if you want to win a Stanley Cup. I'm just Buff- saying. Right, but Buffalo has to realize they're not dealing a healthy superstar player. Like, they have to get their that, – that has to be the first thing. And then we can talk about what the parameters are. Because I'm not saying that, that they're going to release him or give him to you for cheap. But they are acting that they're acting like they have a guy who's a step below Connor McDavid right now who's healthy. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, so I do think that there are paths to try and make the trade and probably hope that, that he could come back in, I don't know, let's say February or March. But I don't think that trade gets made until the Sabres realize okay, we can get a lot, but we're not going to get as much as we thought. And if they're going and if they're going to stick, with their plan, then go to Eichel and say, we're keeping you, have the surgery, we're going to get you back on the ice, let you play in games, and then trade you because we'll undoubtedly get more at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, yeah, and oh, I think also ahead, that the, the longer this goes on, the, the more his market's going to fall. Free agency is now a go. It was a thin market, um, especially at the top. Landeskog ended up signing back with Colorado. I don't think anyone really saw that coming so quick. But the longer this goes on, the smaller his market and the and 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 the lesser the return's going to have to be because he's going to want out and that Eichel camp is pissed so they they definitely sure. want out. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick because we get some old tweets exposed to get to as well. So those comments that you alluded to about Ryan Suter because you know this is 
all a chance to sort of mm-hmm. put a positive spin on things. If you're Bill Guerin, and listen, we love Ryan, and um, yeah, it was a really tough decision, but we just wanted to give him a fresh start. It's like you could have spun this any number of directions. And he was asked point blank, like, do you regret buying out Ryan Suter? And he said no. Flatly, just flat, yep. a flat no. And I think it, I, there hasn't been a lot written or talked about when it comes to Suter and Parisi and chemistry and the room and the, just the whole behind-the-scenes dynamic that's important in the NHL, right? And there's just there's just been a lot of chatter behind the scenes that Ryan Suter wasn't the best uh, in terms of uh, gluing everything together, let's say. So, so and I, I think Bill Guerin's comments definitely validate that. And it hasn't really been publicized much. So I haven't read through all of it. But guess who put out a Players' Tribune article this morning? I'm reading it right now. Suits? Ryan Suter. Suits did. Put yep. it out just, an, just about an hour ago. Yep. And he talks about you know his family and how great it's been in Minnesota. And, and at the end, this is probably the more telling one. And it's not necessarily about the relationship with Zach or Bill, because he does talk about how blindsided he was. But this is the last paragraph of this article. But here's the thing, Minnesota, and this is a promise. This letter is not a goodbye. It's more like a thank you. And we love you. And we'll see you soon. Because after I hang them up, we're coming back. Back to Minnesota. Back to a place that we all love. Our place, back home. End article. Because I think his wife what? is from Bloomington. He's so coming. So he's going. That, that seemed awfully like a, like a grandiose way of saying. And uh, we'll probably just move back to Minnesota. Yeah. Some oh yeah. No, he's telling you in suit in suits fashion. <laughs> cool. he's, in suits fashion, man. He is telling you flat out, I'm coming back. Well, let's, let's, just okay. be near. Just be but, near a quick trip. Just be near about, a quick trip. Think like about it. what Garen did here. Okay. He put himself into salary cap hell. Like the Parisi buyout was tough, but it was not unexpected. I think it was pretty smart. The Suter buyout was completely unnecessary when it comes to the player. Mm -hmm. Like his on ice. Just think about this for a second. Mm -hmm. Think about the dedication that you're going to have to have now for the next three years after this one of answering questions about this move about having bought out a still productive player who, by the way, got a four-year contract and I believe will now make $11 million plus more because he got bought out because he can double dip with his salary he's going to get from the Wild and Dallas, yeah. all to get him out of the locker room. I don't care what anyone else says. There's no other reason to do it. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing about his play that descended to a point where you would do this. Zach, there was. Ryan Suter, there was not. This is one of the... Biggest cojona moves that you could see an executive make to tell a player, I don't want you anywhere near my team. It's flat out that way. Last thing, too, from this article. This was about the buyout. He goes, our family, we did not see this coming. None of us, not in a million years. I really thought I was going to retire in the Minnesota. So when the call came in about the buyout, I was basically in shock. I remember I was actually at a loss for words on the phone and barely even said anything before hanging up. I was in Madison about. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. He hung up on. He hung up, he hung on, up Bill, on him. Right? He hung up on him. That's exactly what happened. Everyone's reported. I, mean, that. I get it. I get it. Uh, I was in Madison about to step out on the ice for a workout, and I was kind of a wreck after getting the news. I quickly tried calling Becky, his wife, who was with Brooks and Bo, his sons, in Minnesota for a baseball tournament. She didn't pick up. So after my skate, I texted her the news, and by that point, she had already heard. I guess that's life in 2021, right? So wait, he didn't. 
call her the second time he just texted her? I think well, she didn't pick up the phone. She didn't pick up so. the phone. And no, the first time yeah, she would, didn't. So the second yeah. time, did he try uh, to call her you, again? How else are you supposed to? You know, life and twenty. Honey, life you can let the voice. No, I think a voice memo would have been maybe a little bit more. Yeah. It's life in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I wouldn't say, not a voice mail, but a voice memo. Like I'm I'm out oh, on voicemail, gotcha. but okay. I'm in on voice memos. I hate voicemail. Yeah, but anyway, I just think this is one of the most interesting moves I think made as far as jettisoning an active player who's good in the history of sports in this town. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, he jettisoned him. There's the only, the only reason you would do it is if you thought that he was just sort of a cancer behind the scenes and wasn't, wasn't helping you advance forward there. So, um, all right. Every single Thursday, in addition to recklessly speculating, and living the lifestyle of reckless speculation, which, by the way, if you live the reckless speculation lifestyle, this is really like Christmas week. I mean, whatever holiday you celebrate, like this, this really is it. I mean, this is this is one of those sports reckless speculation lunar eclipses that only happens once in a while. Where what's what are like what's like the most rare eclipse? Uh, like what was that one a couple of years ago where people like drove hundreds of miles and you know a solar oh yeah or something I don't know a total... the waste of time eclipse yeah th- I don't know <laughs> you're out on eclipse there was that like hilarious photo <laughs> why would you drive to see the eclipse of like Bartolo Colon who's with the twins yes. wearing those goofy glasses trying to see like yeah. everyone was trying to see the, the eclipse or something without damaging yeah. your eyeballs yeah. I, don't, I don't yeah that one that, that one. eclipse that like one. that's when you when you when you've got the NBA and NHL calendars lining up with the baseball the the free agency of those leagues. With the MLB trade deadline, with NFL training camp starting, I mean, it's just, it's just a glorious week if you celebrate the lifestyle. Reckless speculation. Uh, but old tweets exposed today, presented by Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. One hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories in stock. Whatever you ride, they've got you covered at DennisKirk.com. All right, hit us with it. Declan, what do you got for us? All right, so it is a Miguel Sano edition of Old Tweets Exposed. All three of us God, with uh, Sano takes, if you not, will. Oh, are you are you pulling my bad takes Hall of Fame tweet? No, I'm not actually. I am not. Oh, we should do that at some point. Yeah. He did hit two bombs yesterday, so mm-hmm. I guess. You had a good game. I will start with Phil. What, actually, here's a question before we. Uh-huh. When should we start putting other people in old yeah, tweets? I, I, like I would we've, like it's to, mostly been focused on ourselves, yeah, but like, should like we open start, it up for other people? Yes, I would like to start. I would like to start doing that. It would <laughs> also make life easier. It would be our yeah. way we could lash out at people, yes. like people in our people in the business, or like who would we do? Well, we'd have to sort of discuss. We'd I don't think to, we need to throw like random listeners under the bus, but that's what I was asking. I think if, I don't know. if you have a blog, a podcast, or anything sort of above that on the media packing order, I think you're. Fair game for old tweets exposed. All right. Phil's oh old God. tweets exposed. July 10th, 2017. I feel like Miguel Sano isn't quite a household name yet, but he probably will be after tonight. This was on the Home Run Derby, I believe, in 2017. Oh. And Phil oh, okay. Mackey was uh, was very convinced that this is the Was night I wrong? Miguel yeah, he Sano is, I mean, he, he is a household name. name now, mostly. I don't know uh, if he's like a... Eh, he's probably not a household I wouldn't call him a household name. And I don't think the home run derby was going to be the one that moved I'm not going to rip you until, until I see my tweet. So. Right, I'm the leader in the clubhouse, but I think there's got to be worse here. This is a rise. Yeah. All right, Judd Zolgad. You are not alone as well. This uh, tweet from you. Easy, Michael Jackson. Hashtag this is it. Uh, July 2nd, 2016. I made a big oh, mistake when it comes to Miguel Sano. I had no idea he was this <laughs> good at third what? base. What? That was I was hacked that that month. I I remember I was hacked. What, what, what games were you watching? 
When was this? Remember the 2001, oh, uh, 2006. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I know. I'll get there. 2016. Yeah. Uh, 2016. Yes. Remember when? Remember the Brooke Robinson comparison and how you laughed? Well, I did too, and now I feel shame. Stains of concern. Bill, all remember, we that? had the we had the double A play by play guy on. He was like really aggressive. And 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 we asked like, yeah, you know, he, they probably have to move him off of third base because his defense is questionable. He's like, whoa, I'm going to stop you right there. I've watched a lot of third basemen in my career. I've watched Here Brooks Robinson. Yep. Remember when the play-by-play guy from Chattanooga <laughs> compared his defense to Brooke Robinson and doesn't sound quite Dude. as crazy? He can play. What? So what did he did he just have like a good game, made a diving stop or something? Yeah. Oh, I boy. mean, I'll put it this way: he for a for a large man, he's nimble. Like he yeah. he looks like a Mack truck, and he and he handles more like you know a sports car, but in slow motion. So you'd see him coming in, and he would bare hand. He had a rocket for an arm, and he would make barehanded plays. But I do have the statistical proof. So he has played 2,400 innings in his career at third base, and he is a minus 32 defensive run Good saved. God. So that's below. That's well below average. This was long. This was long before I realized that. So he has a great arm, and he actually can go back on balls. Uh, the problem is ground balls to his left. He had a tendency to fall down. And at first base, he can actually go right a little bit. We all. You ever played a softball go, league? Yeah, seriously. But he can't go left. Well, yeah, but I don't get paid well to do it. Uh, but, yeah, I found out the frustration was when he would he had no range to go left, and there were times where he would just fall. Mm. We've all been there. But, anyway, I lead right now. That yeah, tweet's 100%. awful. Right, Declan's got to bring some heat here if he wants to be judged. Because I was worried about that. Mm-hmm. May 3rd, 2015, with guys like Adam Walker and Miguel <laughs> Sano mashing balls. Where do they fit in with Arcia, Vargas, and Plouffe? <laughs> I would say they they belong. <laughs> they belong. <laughs> me trying me off. trying to like project as in how do we get all these great play all these quote unquote great players in the same lineup and and four four out of these five have been out of the league for numerous years. Adam okay. Brett Walker, the last time that we saw him, gentlemen, I believe was when we were doing some remotes from the yep. Saints Stadium. And I he think still, he was a Milwaukee milkman. He yeah. still is. He still in is. In fact, he is one of the best hitters in that league. So Adam Brett Walker, and how dare you leave the Brett part out of that name? All Sorry. Right? You're not you're not tight enough with Adam to just call him Adam Walker, right? <laughs> so so how about this? He's playing so he's still playing for the Milwaukee Milkmen, which is uh in the American hey. Associations. It's yeah. the it's the league the Saints left to mm-hmm. join the Twins affiliation. 63 games, 285 plate appearances. He's batting 331, slugging 703. He has 25 homers, 21 doubles, and a triple. So he has 47 extra base hits in 63 games. He's mashing in this league. He's 29 years old. So I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if this season propelled him into someone's camp for you know, like an actual organization. But, Declan, though, just you know. named every guy that sort of flamed out. And but I don't like Walker, but I said it as here, right? in, dude, no, dude, he no. struck. Okay. Adam Brett Walker this is amazing. So he struck out 195 times in 133 games in double a in 2015. Wow. <laughs> but then he hit home runs and all the other plate appearances. So, wow. all right. I think I, I, that's pretty funny, but I still think Judd Zolgad talking about the great defensive third baseman that is Miguel Snow. I don't know. I think Judd takes the cake here. Back to back. Narrowly. Narrowly. I'm more than willing to take it. Yeah. Mm. Unless Declan wants to contest that his was worse. Mm. 
How about the Twins yesterday showing some fight, coming back from down 10 to nothing? What a great offensive performance. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Great pitching, too. Miguel Sano hit a couple towering home runs. and Oh, he hit a bomb. Third when, I, when, when I think of one word to describe this team, it's fight. Yeah. It's fight. Yeah. How about Miguel Sano, third deck? I hope if I was the Twins, I would ship that highlight all over MLB and say, look at what this guy can do. They should. They should literally just take like the clips from Valley Sports North Twitter and just send them to all 30 teams or 29 other teams. Look at this guy. If, if, you didn't, if you didn't have the advantage of seeing the score box on the screen and the announcers didn't say the score and you just listened to Valley Sports North games blind, would you say right now they've won 62 or 63 games? Yeah, you're right. I think they would be in the mix to acquire Max Scherzer, pushing for a – um, I don't know. I, I understand their plight and that they can't just tell the viewers that this is garbage mm. and you shouldn't watch because, like, they need people to watch and be interested um, in something. I'll stop like, you right there, though. I was – so the game two nights ago where they're up, was it 5-1 to one or 6-1? to one? 5-1. Five, five and they gave up the grand slam. I was tuned into the game, good old fashioned radio. Provis melted down, and it was awesome. Awesome. What, what was the gist? Yeah. The disgust in his voice. This has happened. All. Uh, he, he, I mean, he went full like good. just. I want to throw up. And and the thing I love about Gladdy is, <laughs> Gladdy gave the old because mm, he loves <laughs> to do that. He goes. Mm. <laughs> Yep. And it's just like the Gladden tell, like, I don't know about this. Can't say what I really want to say or I'm no. going to get fired. But, yeah. but this is what I tweeted this. This is what I want my announcers. I don't want you. You're not going to rip the team. I totally get that, right? But you follow these guys all year long. I mean, Corey Provost has to watch this crap. And he's smart enough to be like, this is disgusting. Yeah. He reflects yep. what the fans feel. That's yeah. what I want my announcer to do. That's the like, that is the, you're not That's always going right. to like fully just, turn on the team when you no. when you're in bed for Don't that many millions of dollars but like you get fired is there some closer reflection of how the fans feel and their frustration yes. that you could you could mirror so um all right well this has been a good productive reckless speculation thursday i'm gonna guess that we're gonna be reacting to some things at some point tomorrow slash saturday we'll see but uh we got you covered if you live the reckless speculation lifestyle then Head nod to you. This has been Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Be sure to check out Purple Daily as well for full Vikings training camp recaps and Vikings entertainment. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.